0: To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Good day, podcast family, wonderful human being. I hope that you're having a tremendous here and now, blasting you a huge hug. Through the airwaves to wherever you are in the world, we've got another amazing episode for you today. We have Jeremiah Brown, and we are talking about uh, his journey as the four-year Olympian from first stroke from first stroke to Olympic medalist. So this is an outstanding story, um, just Jeremiah's personal journey of what it takes to. Go to the Olympics in four years in one of the hardest sports in the world. So we get into that because I'm like, hey, I'm an athlete. Why is this the hardest sport? And I had an idea of why because I've heard that before. So we go into why rowing is one of the hardest sports in the world, um, making the choice to become a champion, why mindset is essential, um, anxiety, depression, and sport, um, why you need a plan and conviction to succeed, why you should measure your progress in years, the bedrock of resolve. This was really great. Um, Creating a compelling goal or mission to succeed um, Jeremiah's advice to youth and people out there alike so this is a fantastic episode I know you're gonna like it if you like the podcast and you want to support please go over to patreon support me on patreon every little bit helps um, for free if you want to support the podcast the best thing that you can do is do an act of kindness today share the episode uh, leave a review I want to thank uh, Dakota boys who uh, left a review and it just says ear porn the podcast Podcast is amazing, a must listen to, bro. You're nothing less, uh, you're nothing less than amazing. Keep up the awesome work. So thank you so much for taking that time. So if you want to support the podcast, all of those things really do help. Um, you can go to Steam it and upvote it if you want, uh, but it's a full time gig. So if you guys toss a buck in the bucket on Patreon or on PayPal or something like that, it really does help keep the show going. And I appreciate the crap out of you. If you guys are looking to level up and you want some coaching basically the way i I work is with three types of people one is the person who wants to get really clear on their heart-centered vision remove blocks and have a an action plan a proven epic action plan to achieve success Um, it's the same formula i I use for elite level athletes but when you know a regular person applies those techniques although you're not an athlete you excel so much greater so that's the first one you get clear we design the life of the dreams i can assist with that Um, if you are a business business person in a corporate setting and you want to learn how to apply these things for yourself to improve your business to go even greater but also do it with a state of fulfillment peace and ease and flow Um, we can do that and if you're an athlete so if you know any athletes coaches out there always happy to gift out the zen athlete book to them and if you haven't read it definitely check it out Um, it's starting to flow nicely um, because i've been putting a little bit more effort into it but you can put zen life because really what it helps you do is identify a clear goal um, give you the mental structure on how to achieve that goal and then go through achieving that go through the goal through the process of a state of fulfillment the entire time so that is the recipe for basically doing it at, at as as fast as you can, and, and ensuring success. Um, so I can teach that in business to groups and organizations, and I'm always happy to do that. So just reach out, Matt at ZenAthlete.com, or go to MattBellier.com forward slash coaching. Um, make sure you go over to MattBellier.com, sign up for the email list. That's always good. And um, thank you so much to my sponsors, Purium and Sync tuition. Purium is the best organic health products. They have CBD um, and anything that you can shake a stick at. It's all um, non-GMO organic. They have a sixty-day money back guarantee and you can get a $50 gift card when you use bit.ly forward slash gamma waves and sync tuition is... 3d state-of-the-art binaural beat gamma wave brainwave entrainment and uh, if you go to bit.ly forward slash gamma waves uh, you're going to get three free tracks Um, so that's it Um, also time code parts of these episodes i've been getting a few emails and things like that just take a screenshot send it over to me on social media or facebook or email and then i can take short clips and uh, promote the full episodes with that because i'm not sure you know in the middle of it i know it's all great and wonderful but like hearing from you guys and what those aha moments are are super helpful so thank you so much for listening and 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 continuing to listen to the podcast i love and i appreciate you and before we dive in with jeremiah let's come into a state of peace and coherence by three deep breaths so first making the mental decision to come into a state of peace and coherence taking a deep breath in through your nose Holding that breath and really just connecting to that divine nature, to this infinite source intelligence that you're breathing in within your body now. Just allowing yourself to relax from the tip of your head to the tip of your toes and just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Taking in another deep breath in through your nose. Just imagine golden, powerful, crystal, universal light coming down from the universe supporting you relaxing every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being as you just begin to think about one thing that you're really grateful for just changing your energy to gratitude and appreciation for yourself and just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day taking one more deep breath in through your nose Hold that breath and just really connect to that feeling of love and gratitude. And I want you to send that energy out, just gratitude, love, peace, and encouragement to everybody you've ever met, your friends, your family, as you continue this relaxing breathing. I'm sending you all of my love, my encouragement, my support to help you remember that you are amazing, you can do anything, and that you are the master of your mind, your body, your emotions, um, your consciousness, and you are capable of all things. So thank you so much for coming on a lot coming along another episode. You're going to love this one, so let's get into it with Jeremiah Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. Today's guest barely escaped a 10-month incarceration for robbery. Ten years later, he stood on the podium with eight other men as an Olympic silver medalist. He is one of few Olympians, ever to have started learning his sport only four years before winning a medal at the Olympics. He currently works at the Canadian Olympic Committee as National Manager of Game Plan and Athlete Wellness and Transition Program for supporting 3,000 Olympic, Paralympic, and National Team athletes across more than 54 sports. He is a Canadian sports system expert, keynote speaker, dad, and drummer who has played with award-winning artists. Welcome to the show, Jeremiah Brown. What's up, brother? Hey, Matt. Good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, it's good to have you, man. Um, uh, I got uh, reached out. I can't remember who, who reached out uh, on your behalf, and I got to look at your book and your story, and it was really fascinating. So we have definitely a lot of correlations with uh, sport. Um, so I, your story is very fascinating, what I looked into. Um, do you just want to kind of give us a little background on on that, and then we'll kind of dive into where you are now and, and all the amazing things you're working on. Sure, I'll try to paraphrase the whole book. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. In <laughs> a couple of sound bites, get us started. So, um,
1: I'm a small town Ontario, Canada guy. Grew up uh, playing hockey. was was an okay athlete, I'll say, for most of my life. Um, played football in university at McMaster. Injured my shoulder in my third year. And this whole story of trying to become an Olympian in in four years starts when I was uh, actually right here. I'm at my parents' house uh, this morning uh, in Coburg. I was in the basement, in the next room actually, watching replays of the Olympics uh, from Beijing. I am lying on the couch, just uh, smashing chips into my face, totally out of shape. (laughs) And these guys were rowing to a gold medal for Canada. And I saw them on the podium, And I thought to myself, man, those guys look a lot like me. They've got long arms and legs. And, you know, what's the difference? Like, like, it's such an incredible moment. Why can't can't I have that moment? And so that's how the dream took root inside of me. I shaped my whole life around this dream. At first, it was almost subconscious. Like, it kept nagging at me. And then I took steps to to really pursue it. I moved out west to Victoria, to British Columbia, where the men's team trains. I showed up and met my first coach, Doug White, met him at a Howard Johnson a restaurant just beside the lake with the rowers train. And he looked at me, we sat in a booth, and he said, Jeremiah, what do you intend to do with this sport anyways? You know, he was trying to size me up, figure out you know, who this guy was who just showed up. And I said, you know, I was kind of rocking back and forth in my seat with this inner intensity, and I said, I want to go to the Olympics, and I want to win a gold medal. And I kind of, ex- I didn't know what to expect, you know, maybe he was going to laugh, but he didn't he just looked at his wristwatch sort of metaphorically and said we don't have a lot of time we better get you uh, going if uh, we want to get to the olympics and so then the journey just began in in earnest i started training um in the mornings before work so i had gotten a job out in victoria uh, working for a bank and i started rowing at 7:30 in the morning I tried to get the ymca at lunch and i from there began you know, a journey uh, that really tested every fabric of my, my physical abilities, my my mental fortitude, my soul, you know, like it was really an all in experience. And the one thing I've left out until now, I just realized that I had a a four year old son in tow, (laughs) my little guy, Ethan. And so I was a young father. um, And I had this, I guess, a big part of the motivation was I had this sense that, you know, maybe my life, had been written for me in a way because uh my son was born to my high school sweetheart and i when we were you know we had been together for four years and we were in our second year of university when he we was born and so i think we both had this sense of you know well we've got to be responsible parents now and for me part of that was of, of pursuing this dream was to say well no actually if anything i want to model for my son that you know no matter what your circumstances are you can really go after things and there's never a perfect time to pursue a, a crazy goal and so that was you know that was almost part of my motivation actually to see this through so that's kind of the outline shell of, of my story
0: awesome man that yeah that's really interesting well i have um you know i've heard a lot of olympic stories you know because a few friends of mine went to the paralympics and i watched how hard they trained it, you have to train in you know all the time. And a lot of the Canadian Olympic athletes that were, were underfunded, I think, compared to some of the other countries, like you can do it as a full time job. So I know a lot of athletes um, have to do a job, and then they train for the Olympics also, which is extremely time consuming. Um, so how did you manage like life like it, you know, a lot of people I think that they think it's it's not possible for them, right? They have this idea, and then it's not possible. But you know, if you give yourself the idea, and you say, Okay, you know, it is possible, then there's a Ton of work that goes with it. It's hard. It's not easy, um, but you kind of need to make that decision first. So, do you want to speak about like um, what was what was that like? Like, was it the decision in you that you're like, okay I'm going to get this done, and and I'm willing to put in those early mornings, you know, and get this done? Because I can imagine the first few weeks of training were pretty tough. Um, like, how did you like manage yeah. that and and go through that?
1: So, the more I thought of it, the more I started to develop uh, a multi-year plan well really like a, a two and a half year plan basically by the time I was out in Victoria it was around 2009 that I began rowing and then the Olympics were halfway through 2012 so you know I had sort of two and a half years to, to make it happen and so I started planning uh, my life around the goal and that included a financial plan because you're right um, the funding it's, it's still not very much um, if you establish yourself as a a top senior athlete within your sport in canada and you're competing internationally you can get what's called um a senior card from the federal government and you get a stipend i think it's up to eighteen hundred dollars a month now so you can cover your rent and your food and your essential costs and live off that but it takes time to go from just a developing athlete or a complete newbie like i was to reaching that level so for me a financial plan was actually a big part of it i was saving all my money left over after my cost of living expenses to save about 10 or 12 grand to pay for my first year. And my goal was to get on the team and that would give me sort of an initial uh, development card it's called where I got, it was $900 a month. And then I knew I'd have to cover like another 900 and that was my basic expenses about $1,800 a month. So that financial plan was part of it. I think as an athlete, if you just jump into it and you know, you're just going to go into debt and just try to, you know, live the dream and and hope that it all works out and they get sponsors or that things work out financially. That's a tough, I think that's a tough route to go. So I had this plan and I was able to do that. Um, in terms of, you know, you know, thinking about the opportunity costs, let's say, or like stepping away from this safe bank job that I had and, and all that, uh, you know, it's just the old, you know, I'm only I've got I've got this body once I'm young now. Uh, you know, if not now, when? And what's the money for, anyways? So um, I just I just wanted to really pursue my potential as an athlete and, and go for it. So that's kind of how I thought about it. You know, the financial piece was a big part of it, and just thinking about okay, what are the steps I need to get there? What you know, what are the possibilities in terms of what could go wrong? At the end of the day, if if I fell if I kept falling out of, out of the boat into the water. And it just wasn't working out. I mean, I could always go back to the bank job pretty easily. So, um, that's kind of what framed up, you know, my, my pursuit.
0: Awesome. I like that, man. Well, one of the things that makes me think of is one of my really good friends, uh, Sean Fitzgerald's a banker and, uh, he's a young guy, super smart, really, really smart, huge heart. And, uh, you know, he left, we, we met at Burning Man and, um, he just wasn't happy in his job. He had, you know, he's like, I was like, well, how much do you make? And, you know, he, he, He's like, it was kind of direct question, you know, and, and it was a lot. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a lot of money. And um, I was like, I only asked because I was like, well, then you have the money to like work a few months and then do something else. And I go, you know, man, I was like, banking will always take you back. And so he yeah. ended up leaving his job and traveled the world for, I think, about a year and a half. He ran out of money. Um, then he just went back to banking and got an even better job. You know, and he's back in banking and now he's looking to kind of, you know, consider, you know, options in the future. And he's thinking like a year or two. And I was just like, man, banking will always take you back. So it's important to kind of, you know, if you have that dream or, or the desire. And I think a lot of us have something that they we want to do, you know, something, you know, that we, that's calling to us. And, and we kind of put it on the back burner. Um, So they gave us, they gave me a few questions to ask, and you can you can touch on that before I go into one. But one, because I'm an athlete too, it says, "Why is rowing considered one of the hardest sports in the world?" And I've heard I've heard that. Um, Just being athletic, though, I was like, okay, you know, you definitely need to explain that to me.
1: So actually, just recently, I heard my our our team doctor, uh, Mike Wilkinson. He's also the team doctor for the Vancouver Canucks and some other uh, pro sports teams, and he was interviewed by by the World Rowing. Uh, federation and he said that rowing had uh, rowers in terms of lactic acid build up in their bodies which is the thing that causes really painful byproducts it's that sense of you know you're suffocating and your muscles are seizing up and you feel paralyzed um, that physiological experience um, in rowers the lactic acid was, t- was tested um, in terms of non-medical hum- emergencies in the human body <laughs> rowers were tested the highest set of any athletes tested after a 2000 meter race. So rowing is it's a power aerobic sport. And basically you take off the line It's 2000 meters, depending on your boat class, whether you're in a big boat or a small boat, it's anywhere from five and a half to seven minutes long. And you're basically in that zone where you're, you're sprinting, but it's too long to just pull out sprints. Um, like an 800 meter running race is sort of a, a similar sort of parallel, but even that's, um, you know a couple minutes, I'm not sure exactly. And so you once you get halfway through the rowing race, you're already burnt up. you're you know you're you're in pain, you've got this lactic acid, these byproducts in your body. and it's really just about um, leaning into the pain and embracing it. rowers are you have to be a little bit masochistic. Well, you have to be very masochistic. And um, as you're coming into those that final final quarter of the race, you're literally you're you're getting tunnel vision, you're seeing little galaxies in your vision your head feels fat, you're just relying on muscle memory, and you're really just destroying your body in the final moments of a race. And Our our enigmatic British coach used to say that you rode the perfect race if it took eight stretchers to get you off the water because everyone went unconscious during the last possible stroke. So, I mean, that's a little bit about rowing. It is really a pain game. When you watch it on TV, most people aren't that familiar with the sport, so they say, wow, it looks very elegant, right? It looks very beautiful but it's it's all an illusion the body really is you know combusting and speed skating you can say the same thing i was in korea at the winter olympics uh, with the role of the canadian olympic committee and i went and watched these these athletes and they look so smooth and it's so beautiful but they're burning they're burning up on the inside it's, it's a bit it's a bit about uh
0: rolling. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I thought it was. Um, you know, I trained when I trained with uh, Shaolin Masters in, in China, they basically would just break your body. That's, you know, they would you would take you to the pain part and then push you way behind way beyond that. Um, so, you know, with that being said, it, there's something interesting that, you know, in your book, you talk about, I think it's really important. Um, you know, a lot of the athletes after they retire from sport, um, or even during they have, you know, they're not sure what to do with themselves. Um, You you talk a little bit about mental health, anxiety, depression. Um, How do you think becoming an athlete helped? Um, Do you have any advice for athletes or people in general? Because I think it's something that's very common. Um, You know, depression is rampant, you know, young, young kids are rampant. The reason why, you know, I wrote Zen Athlete is to give kids the mindfulness of what I learned in martial arts through sport, kind of like mindfulness through this little, catalyst they want it they like sport they enjoy sport but they can learn these lessons with it so what have you learned about that what advice do you have yeah I mean that mindfulness stuff um, that you talk about you
1: know on this on your platform and with other guests it's something that I've come to a little bit later in life I've always been an anxious kid growing up and um, I think uh, in a way that anxiety and that sort of uh, that inner critic that, that pushes you it can be good for high performance, but it's, it's, it goes two ways. It can also, it can also cut you down if you're not careful and you don't manage it. So as an athlete uh, in particular, in compressing my experience into these four years of, of just a, a brute willpower efforts uh, where I locked myself in this prison of I'm going to achieve this damn goal and I'm not going to give myself a way out in a way that was hugely empowering because I had I created this mindset that I think even, like I wasn't the only tall kind of big strong guy that showed up and, and wanted to crack at this. I think one of the things that differentiated me was this ability to lock myself in. But on the flip side, there's always a cost, right? There's a cost of doing that. You can't, you can't expect to sort of put yourself in this, this mental dungeon to say, I'm gonna do this come hell or high water. Um, without a cost. And so after the Olympics, you know, you mentioned some of the the epilogue in my book. I talked about how, you know, I didn't really process the pressure that I was under, the stress that I was under until, you know, a couple of years afterwards, it kind of came bubbling up to the surface. And I think a lot of athletes use endorphins from working out. It almost masks um, some underlying predispositions, maybe, to. Um, anxiety to depression and some of these mental health issues and what makes athletes particularly I'll say in aerobic sports um, be able to go into the hurt locker and and really dig deep are the same kind of character attributes that can sort of predispose them to when they don't have a fixed goal you know um, falling into uh, a period of depression or or succumbing to anxiety where it just seems to be spiraling out of control. So in my work with the Olympic Committee across many sports, you know, I've met many Olympians and Paralympians, national team athletes, where you hear these similar stories about, um, you know, coming outside of sport or maybe they're active and they have an injury. And it's kind of like, wow, who am I now? What do I do? How do I go from this focus regimen to what's next? Or how do I fill the time? And and that's where, um, you know, you can get into a bit of trouble. Yeah, so it's, it's uh, in terms of the transition, it just, honestly, it takes time. It takes time to cultivate other parts of your identity, other interests. Um, when you've narrowed yourself to such a sharp point in terms of, I am this Olympic athlete, this is who I am, this is what I'm meant to do on this earth, that's great, and you could argue that's needed. You know, I talked to one of my heroes in rowing, Zeno uh, Muller, and he said, you don't win an Olympic medal without being obsessed you know, and I think that there's some truth to that, but obsession is not a healthy thing in terms of an ongoing, you know, uh, life experience. So yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a balance that, you know, like you said, not just athletes that we all play in, in this life, you know, of, of, um, of pursuing goals or just, just regular life trying to make ends meet. And you know, we all know someone who's dealing with mental health issues, or we will ourselves uh, if we're not now, deal with something in the future so i think it's just important to talk about it you know and and and, you know attack the stigma that way by sharing our experiences
0: Mm, i hear you yeah it's pretty simple it's funny because you know just even talking about it right it's something that goes under under the shelf and you know when i've worked with athletes before a lot of them that will come second you know they habitually like choke under pressure or whatever um it comes back to some sort of um, you know, personal issue, whether it's self-worth or self-love or depression or mindset thing. Um, and I think that we forget that. And, and a lot of people who look at athletes, whether it's LeBron James or, or I always use him as an example, but, um, just somebody who is achieving a high level at sport or music or whatever the case is and think that life is great and you just have different stresses, you know, it's just different. And so if you're, you know, in the family unit in middle class or whatever, you have different stresses. Um, but we kind of want to mask everything and not really get down, you know, not reach out for help, I think. And I think it's uh, mental health is a lot more prevalent and important, you know, to speak about, cause it's not, Um, the Instagram filter, you know, life is just amazing. And here put, put these photos out and and everything is gravy. Um, so yeah, so I, I definitely agree with that. So what are your thoughts on, on, you know, peak performance and motivation? You say motivation's overrated and like, what are some of the fundamentals? You know, I see, you know, sport, you, you took an idea that you wanted to do, you did it and you learned, I'm sure quite a, quite a massive amount. What I kind of share with people is through sport, it doesn't matter what your idea is, a business, more passive income, uh, more vacation time, whatever life you want, you know, get really clear on the life you want to live, right? And then, you know, treat it as like what you did for the four year Olympian, you know, it's like, this is my goal, right? And but you have a lifetime to go through You had four years, give yourself eight years to create that life. But I don't think that we give ourselves that time and space to really think about all the elements of, of the life that's really heart-centered and fulfilling for us. But if you apply that dedication that you did to become an Olympian, then it's going to happen. You know, it's just going to happen over time. So um, right. maybe you can give some feedback on, you know, peak performance, motivation, inspiration, you know, putting in the work or, you know, some things you learned along the way.
1: Yeah, almost like the title of the book, The you year Olympian is almost a bit misleading, to be honest, because, you know, I don't want to suggest that It was it was fast and it was easy and look at me I became this Olympic medalist it's yeah it was four years but it was the hardest thing I'll ever do in my life and you know I put my whole soul mind body and everything into that pursuit and I had great teammates you know and I had great coaching and a whole like a million other things went my way you know who can count on their ex girlfriend moving back in to support them on this journey you know which happened for me things like that so you know I kind of look at it like you you know you need you need to have a plan but you also need to have these other things uh, line up for you but one thing's for sure is that you will you will not succeed most definitely if you don't have a plan you don't have conviction in in how you're going to get there and it may not be right but having the confidence to take those incremental steps and take action and then learn slowly through action. And measuring yourself and progress in a time frame, ideally in years, so even if it's only a few years, versus days or weeks or months, um, if you can sort of uh, have a sort of a time-bound goal where you're you're thinking over two or three years or five years, you know where you want to be. I found that very effective for me in terms of this particular goal. Um, one thing I learned when I first started training full time in 2011 with the team. Uh, about four weeks into training, I was now training 18 times a week. You know, sometimes four hour and a half sessions a day. You know, with our heart rates just pinned, and it was just you know uh, a total uh, assault on the mind and body. I was break. I broke down pretty quick. You know, I broke down physically. Felt like I'd been hit in a truck. I descended into that training fog that anyone who's done any kind of aerobic uh, exercise or sport knows about. And it was just so different than what I had ever done before that I really had to figure out how to get out of bed in the mornings and just continue. And at first I just started asking myself, okay, here we go. You know, can I survive one more day? But if I kept doing that, you know, maybe I could have lasted until day 60 or 75 or 103. But then on 104, like one day I I would quit. For sure, because like logically and rationally, it didn't make sense what I was doing. There wasn't really uh, very much in the way of precedence for doing something the way I was doing it. And so I had to switch from a sense of, you know, day to day motivation to just a real like bedrock of resolve. And it's easy to like say these words, you know, like bedrock of resolve. Well, that sounds nice, but, (laughs) you know, to live it, to really live it and experience it it's so personal to each, you know, uh, to you. And it's so personal to, you know, your experience of what that means. Like it's, you're having that inner voice. Often it's like that duality of, yeah, I think I could do this. And then, uh, yeah, there's no way, buddy, that you can do this. And there's that conflict. And resolve is what what gets you through the chatter uh, day to day and allows you to stick to that long-term, you know, sort of year-by-year progression that you're looking for. So, I mean, that was one thing. I, I mean, my, my motivation ran out. I wasn't motivated. I, I just wanted to quit all the time. And so I just began to rely on, you know, almost, I almost voiced it this way to myself. I said, okay, you had all the information. You had all the inspiration at a moment in time, and you decided to go for this goal. And now you're into it, and now it's way harder than you ever expected, and it's different than you ever imagined it would be but you made a promise to old Jeremiah, to former Jeremiah who made that decision in a point in time and space. You made a promise to that guy that you're going to do this. And, and I felt, a, and I felt, you know, this personal responsibility to, to see it through and, and, and almost respect myself and the decision I've made and to continue. So, I mean, that's, it's a little bit about how, you know, motivation, inspiration, it, that comes and goes, but the resolve, that's what
0: gets it through the long term. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> I, just
1: feel, I just feel like I'm going on tangents here, Matt. No,
0: good. That's the idea. Yeah, if I can get you the yeah. tangent, then I'm doing a good job. I'm, no. trying to, I'm trying to find it, you know, I'm trying to articulate it, but I
1: don't want to be one of those people that just preaches at people. Like, I want, to, I want people to taste, you know, and understand and feel like how, like how difficult it is and it should be you know it should be incredibly challenging um you're you'll feel like you're the only person in the world you know dealing with it but this is this is the truth this is what it is to chase these these really stretch goals
0: yeah 100% man and i think that's really good advice because you know motivation and inspiration they come and then they go in and- One of the things that I've done and and do, it's like jumping in really cold water. If you do like a polar plunge or something, it's just like before you jump, you know it's going to suck, you know, unless you're Wim Hof and it's going to be fine. You're totally cool with it, but it's going to be terrible. And you jump in and you're like, oh, my God, why have I done this? Your body shuts down. It's super cold. But when you make a goal and a decision, it's that kind of idea stretched over time. And so you've got to find somewhere in you that keeps you going. And unless you are really firm in your resolve or your understanding of why you're doing it and the commitment you made, you're going to unwaver off the thing. So same thing when I went to China, Um, I knew the training was going to suck and it sucked way harder than I could have even imagined. But I showed up and I was like, damn it, I'm here and pushing me past, you know, where I where I thought Sam training with a native elder now and we're doing um, martial arts and I knew what was going to happen. But now I'm in there and I'm holding a rock out, you know, and I'm done like four minutes ago and he's still making me hold it. And he's like, your body's lying to you. Your body's lying to you. And I was like, damn it. telling me to drop it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so go ahead. Sorry. That's, it's just funny
1: that you say that because my, our coach, Mike Spracklin, this elderly British guy. And he used to say that to us on the lake all the time, the body lies, you know, the body doesn't want to continue, but it can, it can continue. <laughs> so I feel you, man. I know what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you did it And like what you talked about, you know, the rowing machines and CrossFit, but you're, you're doing that maximum absorb, like exertion and it's awful. It really is a form of terrible torture. And, you know, when I I did long distance running, so it's like some sort of weird, terrible torture. But when you go past what you think you can do, it opens up this whole new realm of thinking of what's possible within yourself. Um, And so the thing when I'm like talking to people, it's like trying to get that idea in their mind, that lifestyle or that thing that they want to create in life. You know, you got one shot at this life, unless you believe in reincarnation, then you get multiple shots, but you're in this one now. So what do you want to design over 10, 20 years? You get that opportunity. And if you design something and you think about it for enough time and you really want it, those struggles, you're going to kind of get past because it's the same thing in entrepreneurship and in everything. It's not easy. It's really hard. It's hard a lot. Um, But if you know what you're doing, then you're going to have the resolve to get your ass out of bed and do the things that you need to do to create that vision.
1: Yeah. This is, and this is a really important point that, I want to stay on for a second because like the reason that you're doing something that's let's say out of the ordinary so it's um in terms of a goal uh in terms of a stretch goal let's say it, it like you have to be compelled by it it has to be something that you can't ignore like i this wasn't just one of several ideas like okay i'm just going to do this and then i'm going to go do that like everything pushed me towards this goal and for whatever reason all my motivations everything that happened up up into that moment in my life where I made this decision to go forward was pulling me towards this um uh point where I couldn't say I couldn't say no like I had to do it and so when inevitably you get started and it's like we've talked about it's way more difficult and different than you ever imagined like what is you know what is that bedrock inside of you like what is compelling you to uh, do something so strongly that it's going to allow you to get through those uh, moments I think that's a big part of it too if you're not if you don't have conviction in your plan you're just sort of saying well I'm going to see how it goes or I'm just going to do this because I have you know for lack of a better option that's that's a bit precarious that's a tough position to be in I think I think that we would be naive to, to, to talk about these goals as if it was just yeah, you know, I just thought it over and I made the plan and I just did it and I executed it and here we go. I've got this Olympic medal. No, it was, um, I have to do this one thing and I'm compelled to do it. I can't even explain why that inner cauldron and intensity, whatever it is, it's pointing me in this direction. And if you don't have that, um, you know, maybe it's not the right goal. Maybe you need to keep looking, but Um, I don't want people to think that I was flippant about this in any way, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. And it's important. You know, I think that's what a lot of, a lot of us are doing. We're, we're going through life and, you know, we are able to make a living or whatever, but we kind of stop thinking about, you know, what would be an extraordinary existence for us, you know? And once you find whatever that is, and it doesn't need to be extravagant, you know, um, a lot of the times if, if I work with somebody, we do like a, it's I call it like a heart hypnosis and they hypnotize you into your heart because your brain has always given me stupid answers because it wants to survive. But the heart, every every single person I've done this with multimillionaires, I've done it with athletes, I've done it with regular Joes. They just want to contribute in some way. They just want to be around good people. And they just want like to be in nature. <laughs> it's like this, they just want to be human. Um, and so if we can kind of get to those core fundamentals as we navigate life, which can be super challenging, um, you know, we're on, we're on a little bit of a track here, but we kind of get, you know, wonky in, in what we want. And then it's kind of like Jim Carrey said, you know, I wish everybody could be rich and famous so they'd know that's not the answer. Right. And so you yeah. get the thing and then you, you're, your business or your goal and you realize like, oh shit, I still feel shitty inside or whatever the case yeah. is
1: it's so true and you know uh, this whole olympic ordeal that i went through it's taught me that i value the same things you just talked about you know i'm happiest when i'm having dinner with... it's the simple things and uh you know it's its funny that we got to go through such such great marathons sometimes to get to that awareness
0: yeah yeah i i totally agree and um well i was gonna ask too because like you're you're there and and sometimes if i'm chatting with someone it's just like it's not that end goal right so it's like you get the silver medal or the gold medal it's like now did you feel like you were enough you know did you were like oh yay now you know i'm i'm worthy and i'm i'm an okay person or does does everything like stay the same like when you reach that pinnacle moment what realizations did you have was it overwhelming satisfaction and like i just did this crazy thing or you know did you have that little piece of like yay now i'm enough and life is going to be okay or what was that experience like for you yeah that's a great question i it was electric emotion uh from the moment we crossed the finish line
1: it was all of a sudden wearing this new identity of wow I'm an olympic medalist you know this is crazy i just watched like these guys on tv a few years ago and and this is surreal and you know there's incredible pride of having accomplished the goal and that does last there's a honeymoon phase i remember coming back to canada and everyone's happy and cheering you on and you do these speaking engagements and rah 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 and then eventually you know your five minutes of fame fame slowly kind of fizzles out and you're just back to you know kind of your resting day-to-day human existence and yeah i mean it's uh you don't you can't live based on on accomplishments you have in the past, that's no way to live a life. And if you try to do it, um, you try to live purely on your brand of "I did this thing in the past" without growing or moving forward. I mean, you just—that's a recipe for depression. It's just not going to work. So, um, you know, I went through like—it's been six years now since those Olympic games, and honestly, it's been just this realization of the things you said. Like, my goals now are yeah i want to have some i want to have basic financial security for my family like anyone does but it's how i spend my time you know how i want to have a balanced life where i can i can work out i can feel healthy but not work out too hard where i'm hitting my life i could spend time with family and friends i can get involved in my community you know and and have good relationships and it's just like how do i create my life uh my goals in a way that i'm going to be able to actually have that versus you know, being super ambitious and just going off the deep end on some other crazy goal. Now I'm just like trying to resist, you know, and, and temper that ambition that's inside of me To just be like, okay, Jared, just, you know, take it easy. <laughs> Let's just relax and enjoy this life. we got a few more decades left here. Let's have some fun <laughs> and enjoy life.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Well, it sounds like maybe you can disperse that energy, you know, like to other quadrants of life, you know, some for the kids, some for the family, some for the financial rather than laser focus that, you know, and now you know that if you laser focus it, you can achieve something, you know, at a world class level, something that very few can achieve. Um, And now like the priorities shift a little bit, but you also can take that education with you into anything that you do. Um, I wanted to ask, I don't know if you speak to kids in in high schools or anything like that, but that would probably be cool if you did. Um, what advice do you have for youth? Because I think that youth, um, whether it could be in sport youth that are, that are in sport and they, you know, are doing that kind of thing and and how they can be better athletes, but just in general to youth, um, you know, about what you learn being an Olympian, what would you want them to know about life or anything? Yeah.
1: I think the first thing I'd say is just remember to be kind to yourself. Um, You know, we're living in a world where uh, we're so data centered, we're measuring everything, whether it's our our social media following or um, our VO2 max or our bench press or how high we can jump box jumps, you know, or whatever it is, it's just exhausting, right? And you know, the kids are all wired up and everyone's, you know, living on their phone, you know, we're all doing it and the youth are no exception. So. I think it's just a lot to process for anyone these days. And I think the message of just be kind to yourself is an important one as, as important as ever. And having an inner voice, that quiet kind of gentle voice that says, Hey, you know, you're all right. You're doing okay. And uh, baby steps and just be nice to yourself. I was, I was very hard on myself as a teenager. I was very intense and I'm glad, uh, you know, my friends would probably tell you I'm still, there's there's still that there but it's tempered now and so that's where i would start the other thing is you know in terms of goals and how the future would be i just say to teenagers i mean i i've talked i've talked to a few high schools they're tough crowd (laughs) you know they're so distracted but just try something right just uh, don't worry so much about having to have the whole career plan figured out and if you're an athlete in a sport wanting to be, I don't know, the CrossFit champion or skateboarding in the Olympics now, and you want to be in a skateboard, the first Canadian or American skateboarding Olympian or whatever it is, just just focus on the steps in front of you. And it's a windy road and the path is always changing. So don't get so caught up in your own head that you're not taking specific actions moving forward. And that can be as simple as like talking to someone like you, Matt, about like, Hey, what would this look like if, if they're interested in podcasting or in skateboarding or in mindfulness or whatever the areas that you've got a lot of experience in? Like, honestly, it's, it's not insignificant to say that to someone. To Like, are you prepared to make a phone call to have a coffee with someone? If you're interested in a new sport, are you prepared to even just talk to a coach? It's that inhibition that even stops you from the very smallest step that affects not just youth, but all of us. So I think that's what I
0: would talk about in terms of
1: goal, a goal orientation and like, and progress towards a goal.
0: Awesome, man. Yeah, that's really great advice. And a lot of what you've shared today has just been grounded and practical. And I think that sometimes we're looking for this, you know, magical answer, you know, the four year Olympian, you know, great. Just like, in over here, you're like, Do you know how mother effing hard that was? Like, that was, you know what I mean? Try and do that for a month, you know, you got to persevere and and go through. So, um, I think that we'll we'll get an idea. It's really beautiful advice. We're so terrible to ourselves. I, I don't know why I'm terrible to myself too sometimes. <laughs> um, and I'll do a meditation before the podcast and you know, before I record them out. And one that's come up the last month has been like, Make the decision to be kind to yourself you know to be your number one supportive to be loving and kind to yourself to give yourself space and it's messed up that we have to use like a meditation and like a reminder outside of ourselves to be nice to ourselves you know it's what the hell um and i think that Oh, sorry to interrupt no go ahead i was gonna say anything that's
1: outside of your disposition so your disposition by definition is just like your default right like how you are and if if you want something to be different than how you are and we're all wired differently then yeah requires different actions, you know, consistently, repeatedly. So it doesn't surprise me that, you know, you would have to do that, Um, you know, so it's, I totally
0: agree with you on that. And probably need to start doing some of those myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, man, I I agree too. Um, So what I was gonna say though, on your point, what I really liked is I think that in the same vein of how we communicate with ourselves, we have an idea and we sabotage we think about all the ways we're going to fail before we even take the smallest step toward our success towards something that we want to bring into our lives. And, you know, I'd like to remind people like, man, give yourself a 20 year goal, a 10 year goal. You could be the worst at it. Think about whatever you're worst at and just imagine doing that thing one hour a day for 10 years, then you're going to be a master at it. Um, a lot of time in sport, I I don't know if you've heard this before, you probably have, but you know, it's not talent that wins. It's, it's hard work and you can see that over time. Like, you know, you could be the worst at it, but hard work over time, if you love it's going to pay off and you're going to, you're going to master it. It's so, you know, going towards something that you you love. So I want to ask you after getting the success Olympic medalist, you are successful and you know, the standard definition of, the word, like what is success to you and how do we achieve success?
1: Yeah. Great question. Well, success to me these days is, um, if I can achieve the sense of balance that we talked about earlier and if I can truly, um, you know, live the life that, that I want where I'm learning, I'm staying fit, I'm spending time in the community, I'm I'm spending lots of time with my son and my family um and not going after shiny lights and just chasing things because you know that's what society uh says is success and and you know winning an olympic medal could be one of those shiny lights that you know people look at me and say i'm successful because i have this olympic medal but what if i'm completely broken inside you know what if i'm what if that experience uh, um destroyed me in some way uh you know mentally or uh, you know, even physically, like I do have disc issues in my back. I had torn tendons in my in my fingers. So you, just, you could you could set, you could question the actual experience of it. Like, was it worth it? Well, I, you know, I, I think it's worth it to live a life where there's a great range between you know, you know your moments of sorrow and pain and suffering and your moments of joy. I think you know a life deeply lived involves both. But now, in terms of success. Uh, again it's really about like what do you how do you define it and are you being honest with yourself really and are you actually pragmatically taking those actions because you have to do things in this world not just in your head or us talking like when we shut off our computers and turn off the mics what are we going to do today are they are those actions geared towards what we want it takes a lot of discipline actually it's it may seem subtle but it takes a lot of discipline to do the things that are going to slowly get you towards what you define as success for yourself. And I'm working on it and man, you should have seen me this morning working on uh, on a keynote speech that I'm preparing. I, you know, I'd work on it for five minutes and all of a sudden I'm checking Twitter and I'm researching anything else, but doing the work that I need to do. <laughs> so that's, it's, You you know what it is, and if you don't know what it is, you're slowly figuring it out, and you have to have the self awareness and the responsibility to um, do what you need to do to slowly get there.
0: Yeah, man, 100% agree. Again, has a very very practical uh, answer, and again, I think that a lot of a lot, and even for me too, in, in researching peak performance and things like that, I want the gold pill or the magic key you know and a lot of time that magic key is hard work and just doing the work you know for example meditation you get so many different questions about meditation like hey matt give us or if i'm on a podcast give us the steps of meditation i say sit down shut the f up (laughs) just do that you know and then because it's the mind you know i've meditated for a long time but sometimes my mind just goes nuts you know and it's just it was not and you could say that's a terrible meditation I could say Matt like as far as success in meditation goes that's a terrible one or it was an amazing one maybe my mind just needed to like go through that process but I showed up and I think you know what you learned to do over those four years was to show up continue to show up even when the motivation's gone the inspiration's gone because um, you know you've got that You've got that, um, you know, bedrock of resolve, which I really like. So when you're speaking, and, and let's say you're you're talking to I don't know different groups of people, um, you could have you know your CEO or your athlete that has the shiny thing, but they're unhappy, you know, or your I think you know or your you're doing a job, you know, and you're in there and you want a little bit more, you know, you're like okay, cool, because I you know I have a a good friend I won't mention his name um, because it's um, but. I always just tell them, you have a lot going on. You're really smart. You know, you're grounded. You got the family. Um, But if you don't like think about the next step of like what you would like to create, because you're an infinite creator, then you're stuck there, you know, and it's not bad. You want to be grateful for everything that you have. But if you, you know, you're like, do you, do you see what I see in you? You know, you can create whatever you want. It might take you 10 years, but if you don't imagine the thought, right, then it can't become a possibility. So I think there's this, there's this um, balance between gratitude for what you have, but then also the imagination of how you'd like to express on the planet. And so I'm just curious, some of the things or advice you'd either give A, the CEO or, or the person who has a shiny thing, maybe it's, you, they have that gold medal, they have whatever, but they're not fulfilled inside. And B, mm. for that person who is, you know, they're looking for a little bit more, you know, and they, they're just not really sure how to go about it or even think about it.
1: Yeah, wow, great question. I, I wanna just preface all this that by saying that I'm just an ordinary guy trying to figure it out like the rest
0: of you. <laughs> Good. I'm no guru. I, I mean I am just, just trying to sort this stuff out just like anyone else. No, and wait, man, you got the medal. You have the answers. You have, you shouldn't have uh, yeah. You shouldn't have that thing you shouldn't, <laughs> if you if you yeah. can't give us the answers. Well,
1: if you talk to <laughs> my eight teammates in that boat, right? Um, you know, they might tell you all different things. So but I'm sure there would be some common themes. Uh, Okay, well, maybe start with the situation where you you, you have the shiny thing, the title at work, the Olympic medal, um, loads of money in your bank account, I don't know, whatever it is, and you're finding that, oh, something's still off, I still feel unfulfilled. Just sounds like a misalignment of, of what we talked about earlier of like what is your I- ideal life right i think it sounds like a misalignment and then you would have to ask yourself i'm just i'm just doing a thought experiment of what i would do right i'm not trying to preach or anything i'm just um and I'm, i've been doing this at different times over the last six years so i guess i would just say you know well, what where's what's the where's the feeling coming from and what am i going to do different and do i have the discipline? Yeah. You know, I came to discipline like some people come to religion like that's <laughs> For me, I'm a chaotic kind of thinker and I'm, I'm creative. I'm going in different places all the time so I'm always taken back to so do I have the discipline to, to Do something different to have a different sort of eventual outcome or reality uh, In terms of the person who's feeling up the and like needs a nudge or wants to do a little more doesn't have the shiny things well, it's almost like the flip side, but it's almost the same thing. Like, so what are you, you know, what do I'm like, Mr. Pragmatic. I'm sorry, this is not groundbreaking stuff. No, it's good. It's good. <laughs> but what are you going to do? What are you going to do differently? And, you know, if you're, I actually think of myself as kind of a lazy guy. Like, I have to really kind of flog myself sometimes, believe it or not, <laughs> to, to make a change. Like, for me, it's all about creating habits because then I get on a groove and then I can just, I can keep tumbling along. But if I haven't created the habit yet, overcoming the inertia, I find that really challenging. And I would guess that most people do too. So, so then, you know, don't take too big a bite. And what's the small thing that you can do um, to start exploring a new area? Because let's face it, it's probably just an exploration to begin with. It's probably not even action yet. But the action is in talking to people or doing the research. So, yeah, what's again, I'm sorry to be repetitive, everybody, but. What is that smallest thing that you can do that's different? Uh, Because it's attainable. Because we're all just bags of weakness (laughs) at the end of the day. And we're trying to overcome that. (laughs) So just make it small. (laughs) Make it small
0: and and get
1: after it. God damn it.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. I have never heard that sentence before. It's so great. I just, if I get to do a quote template, we're all just bags of weakness. <laughs> just gonna, oh my God. That's amazing. No, I think it's I think it's important, man. And the reason why I pose to you those questions is because you can speak from direct experience of, of the mountaintop, right? He's mm-hmm. like, okay, you're on the mountaintop. What's the secret? Yeah, you know, the secret's hard effing and work. You know that's what the secret is. Secret is doing all these things that you don't want to do. It's just having time to to think about it it's not as shiny and glamorous um and it's not quick you know like you said the the road is windy but sometimes you need somebody who's been there and done it to just kind of reaffirm those basic things right like in basketball and sports those you know say fundamentals man
1: yeah i mean the truth has always been brutally simple so i'll just be um, uh, open and honest here and maybe a bit vulnerable and, and for example a more recent thing for me is okay so i have this olympic medal i spent five years writing that book and the book was a similar pro- a process so you know i didn't have a ghostwriter or, or anything i just i told myself okay i'm going to try to learn this craft as best i can and do a really good job and i'm proud of where it ended up but i spent five years you know writing and rewriting and it was it was uh so difficult you know just sitting in that chair at my desk like four hours every day for a period of two years but that was basically all i was doing i was trying to make a little money on the side with speaking engagements to cover my rent and my utilities and my food and pay for my son's sports uh <laughs> registrations and um you know you, you can do a lot in this life you just can't do it all at once uh, at least not me you know i really need to be focused if i want to really see progress and so i had to like have narrow vision on that book but now it's really resonating with people and you know, it's, uh, I had the opportunity to speak to you and I'm meeting interesting people and, and I love it. And I mean, I'm, I'm, now I'm hustling and getting it out there, you know? And the next thing is that example I talked about earlier, like this keynote speech, it's daunting. Like none of us are, I think we're all nervous if we have to get up and talk in front of people, whether it's hundred or 5,000 people. And I've just, I've just honestly been relying on my charisma and a sense of humor and just trying to make people laugh. And sometimes that works, but sometimes it falls flat. And so now I'm challenging myself to, you know, really add structure and like rehearse and build myself and figure out how to self-edit and make it more succinct and make it more engaging and like borrow from the performing arts. So like now I'm back into this process of my next goal outside of like the stuff that I do, you know, just to make a living. It's this keynote speech and I'm doing the same process I did for the Olympics for the book. And now I'm doing it for this. And I'm using the same ideas uh, and I'm having the same emotions of I'm not good enough and this is way harder than I ever thought and I had this plan but how come it's not working? And then just pushing forward and it's da- on a daily basis and I'm, maybe eventually I'm going to run out of money I'm going to have to figure out what to do, right? <laughs> just like any of you guys would. So <laughs> let's be real, right? Let's be real about it. That's what I'm dealing with right now. So I'm That's- practicing what I preach. It's, uh, I'm having to always remind myself of how, brutal the tr- how brutally simple the truth is um, to actually live out. It's easy to talk about. It's not easy to live out quietly on your own when no one's around, you know, and no one's watching you. What are you doing? Are you just cruising the internet and dreaming but, and just dabbling and, and not really doing anything? Or are you carving out time in your most productive hours in the day to progress? It's as simple as that.
0: Awesome, man. That's, that's a wonderful, I, I totally resonate with that. And, you know, I think we keep touching back to the basics and in, in sport, you know, you're using the same model again and again and again, but once you pick something and you go through it, then you know that that's the model. And one thing that I need to learn is, uh, you know, I'm staying at a house with two amazing people and one of them, uh, has a contract to fix all these houses and there's a bike in the garage and I'm not mechanically inclined. I can't fix a damn thing. <laughs> but he's explaining to me the same thing. He's just like, I don't know what I'm doing half the time. I just figure it out. And so I'm just giving up before I even try to fix it, right? Whereas somebody with a different perspective, who you would call it, AKA the handyman, he might not know either, but doesn't give up. You right. know, it just, it's just a different thought process. It's just like, I'm going to figure this out. You know, I don't know how long it's going to take me. Ideally, it's quick. Normally, it's not. (laughs) Normally, I got to screw around with stupid things. Um, But eventually, you get there. And so you discover that with the Olympics, with writing the book, being harder. And I wrote a book, too way harder than I thought. <laughs> yeah. And I like naturally feel like I can write too. And I was like, okay, yeah, I got this. It's like, Oh God, this and to re-edit, re-edit. So I can totally relate and appreciate that. But it's once you do that process once you realize it's that that same thing that, you know, the brutal truce of moving through it. Absolutely. And then you know how hard it is.
1: Sometimes ignorance is bliss, right? To get you going, but you're going to, you're going to face those lessons and you're going to learn it for yourself in your own way. Um, and it doesn't really get easier. You just, you just align yourself to what's required a little better. You know, uh, It's going to be just as hard for me to pursue my next goal as it is for any, anyone listening or yourself to pursue your goal, right? And it's just, as you get older, you start to align yourself better and brace yourself. Okay, I, I kind of recognize where I'm at now. I know this feeling. I've been here before. And there's a quiet confidence that does come with that.
0: Um, so... But the truth is simple and brutal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Dude, yeah, I I think all that's been just really practical and amazing. And like I said, especially coming from somebody who's done it, you're still humble. You understand these lessons and you just keep applying them. You know, like everything that you've learned in the Olympics through perseverance and motivation and problem solving and just going past your limits, it's the same thing. And it's a different perspective. Yeah, you have this confidence that you can figure it out, that you do have more in the tank. You know, it's like this is possible. And maybe if we can just give ourselves a small task, you know, a little bit of a push, not self sabotage before we even give it a go, right? Because it's going to be the same thing every time, right? It just, it'll, you'll just get a little bit more familiar with it. And then over time, ideally, it will become um, a little bit more natural and a little bit more easy. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. Absolutely. Well, man, you know, I think that you dropped a lot of uh, really practical and beautiful wisdom. Um, I want to ask you, though, before we go, because I didn't think it was a really great episode. Is there anything that you wish that I had asked you or anything that you want to talk about? It can can continue to go on as long. But is there anything that came up that you wish that I asked that you want to talk about or anything that you want to close with?
1: Um, I always like this opportunity where, you know, if I'm doing an interview like this and I feel like it's my job to be really real with people and really authentic, you know. Whether it's in the book or, or now with you, um, I I want people to know, I guess, that when I'm when I'm pursuing a goal and for what it's worth, because maybe it's helpful for one person, um, it it almost feels, uh, like like it almost feels impossible a lot of the time, and it's I can't I don't want to. I, I simply cannot underemphasize whatever the word is enough that it's actually normal to really feel really far away uh, from the eventual vision that you have in mind. And I want people to know that that's normal. Uh, it's, it's so much as I can share my authentic experience, which is, which is a real struggle. I mean, much of my book is about, it's, it's an exposition on overcoming self-doubt and it's, It's messy. I'm no, I'm no hero. Uh, I'm falling down a lot of the time, and you know, I'll, I'll call my friends and family. I'll sort of come out of the cave once in a while, and I'll just be reeling, and I'll say, ah, you know, I can't. Nothing's going right, and that inner critic is running rampant. And I think that just from talking to people like you, and the more I talk to people, the more I find out that it's really a shared experience. So it's important to me to get that across to people that it is really hard, and. Uh, you know, a million things could have gone wrong that would have prevented me from getting that shiny Olympic medal, but uh, I think the path is still, you know, those tenets that we talked about, the path is still there, but yeah, it's tough, and I just, I don't want people thinking that I'm just this holier-than-thou or higher-than-thou guy, you know, I'm just like you, I did these, you know, I had a plan, I worked really hard, it went my way, went our way, and uh, the only thing that's guaranteed. Is if, if you don't, if you don't try, you know, that's, that's the only guarantee that you're not going to get anywhere. Is if you don't give it a crack. And you only live once, so what the hell are you going to do? <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Mays well.
1: laughs> so there you go. I just uh, basically paraphrased the, everything we've already talked about. So maybe that was unnecessary, but I want to convey, <laughs> I want to convey that, you know. I, I tell my son, like my son's playing basketball and he misses a shot and he's hard on himself. I'm like, just, just, it's all right. <laughs> you know, just on to the next play. It's life. It's fine.
0: Yeah, man. No, I, I, I totally agree with all that. And, and you've been like practical and humble and that's, that's the realness of it. You know, the realness, like you said, the brutal truth is it's doing those things. It's, it's, everybody has the same struggles and, you know, coming just from someone's achieved it, it carries a little bit more weight because you know, um, so it's really, really practical. And I like the Canadian comment. It's almost just like, just get her done. Like, what are you, what are you going to do? Just, just go, go do it. Like, yeah. you know, it's important. Get after it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Be kind. Yeah, man. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, it's been a pleasure, man. I, I wish you nothing but success. Good luck with the keynote speech. Um, stay, stay in touch. I, encourage everybody to check out your book and your website and everything you're doing. But, uh, you know, I look forward to stage two, you know, perseverance and, uh, everything that you're going to continue to create. Thank you very much. Maybe I'll give you a call when I'm sad in my basement one of these days and I need (laughs) someone to, uh,
1: uh, have solidarity with Matt.
0: <laughs> Perfect, man. Yeah. Oh, dude, I go. I 100. percent. I'll maybe I'll call you, man. It's it's the case, dude. Exactly. I'm going through it with the podcast and the book, and the same thing. <laughs> I have to tell people. It's like it's not all rainbows. I'm working my ass off, and I'm trying to figure out life, and it's hard. <laughs> it's yeah. like super. It's like mindfulness and spirituality, right? It's just like okay, like life is easy. I'm happy. No, I get pissed. It's challenging. <laughs> yeah. I get to take those breaks and have just amazing humans to to converse with. And we were just sharing. It's all it's a shared experience. And I think that um, brings us back to community, you know, brings us back to each other and and realness that, you know, life can be challenging and it's easier together. And it is easier if you're you're kind and you're capable of more than you think you are. And it's probably gonna be a pain in the ass. So think about something you really want to do. Couldn't agree more. (laughs) Okay, brother. Well, have an amazing day. Thanks so much for coming on and uh, we'll definitely stay in touch. All right. That was a lot of fun. Thanks, Matt. Okay. Peace, guys. All right, guys, that wraps it up with Jeremiah Brown. I hope that you enjoyed that episode. He's really awesome. What an incredible journey, four years to the Olympics. Like I, I only have an idea of how tough that was because I've done some really tough things in my life. But um, yeah, what a, what a superhero and, and bringing out the message of just what it takes. You know, it's really, it is simple principles, but we got to give ourselves a worthy idea. So in four years, what could you create if you commit to? You know, what could you do? And the first thing that you got to do is you got to get clear on that compelling vision. Um, And you can go over to SoundCloud and look up heart journey experience and um, that hypnotizes you into your heart to figure out a compelling life vision that comes from your heart, your soul Um, so we get the mind out of the way and we we create a compelling vision and so what could you create in four years if you just worked um, you know, let's say an hour a day, five days a week you're going to get closer and so what if you applied the commitment Jeremiah did and worked, you know, two or three hours a day, you you know, you're going to change your entire life so, you know, always remember remember that you are capable of great things. And we just get kind of caught in the in in our process and survival in the jobs, but we forget that we can create anything. So it just takes a little time, a little space and a little effort. So get really clear on your vision and then apply these principles and, and you will move toward your goal. Um, I want to thank everybody who's been on the podcast, listening, supporting. Please, if you like the podcast, um, take an action. Go to Patreon and chip in a buck a month. It really goes a long way. Uh, Every little bit helps. Um, Do an act of kindness. Share an episode. uh, Leave a review. All those things are super, super helpful. Time code and send those time codes to me so I can um, share those one to three minute clips of aha moments and um for those of you guys who want coaching and really want to get clear remove blocks level up and and live a life that is compelling and is fulfilling and is exciting to you um i'm so happy to do that if you're ready to pull the trigger and if you work for a corporation or a company and you want to learn all these peak performance flow state type of things happy to do that and and do it within your business and do it within your culture as well and um You know, if you haven't read Zen Athlete yet, definitely get it. Give one to your friends. Gift it away. It is it is the science of self mastery. I just Sport it doesn't matter if you're music, business, life, art, it does not matter. This is the key to being successful at a very accelerated rate and ensuring that you will be successful, but also enjoying the crap out of the journey. So, any athletes, coaches, people who work with kids, I'll, I'll gift out that ebook to anybody who asks me anytime because it really is about teaching it to the kids. But you know, when anybody applies this stuff, they have tremendous results. It's just that in extreme sports, you have a necessity because if you aren't in a powerful mindset and you don't do the work, you might kill yourself. So if you apply those tools to everyday life or business, you are going to be operating at such a higher level than the average Joe. Um, so keep that in mind, go check out the book. Um, and thank you to my sponsor, purion and, and sync tuition. Just go to bit.ly forward slash activate health, bit.ly forward slash gamma waves to get awesome free stuff. And that is it. I just want to send out all my love and, uh, appreciation to you. And before we go, let's just come into a quick state of coherence by just doing three deep breaths. So just taking a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just come to a state of peace and gratitude and contentment. Just being grateful for where you are right now. And just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Taking another deep breath in through your nose. Hold the breath and just Deepening that feeling of gratitude, appreciation, and contentment. Just feeling total peace and ease now. And just let that breath out slowly with all the cares and all the worries of the day. Taking another deep breath in through your nose. Hold the breath. And this time, just really doubling down that feeling of love, peace, and gratitude within yourself. And just let that breath out slowly, allowing all this energy of love and appreciation, gratitude to fill every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being. I'm just sending you out all my energy, my encouragement, my well wishes, knowing that you are supported, you are connected, you are amazing. You can Whatever you can do, you can do it. You're an infinite, multidimensional being. It might be challenging, but that does not mean you cannot do it. So... You are the creator of your reality and uh, the operator of your consciousness. So thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we will see you in the next one. Have an amazing day.